Hi guys, I'm back. Uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to apologize about the fact that it's taken me so long to record this podcast, and I really, really appreciate you guys' patience with me and all of that. Um, I just wanted to say that there is no excuse for me waiting this long. It's not that Bible study hadn't continued, it's just something that I made a choice on and it was a wrong choice and I wasn't following what God wanted me to do because I was being lazy and I'm so sorry. Um, But today we're going to be continuing on unity and we're going to be going over the three types of unity and we're going to be going over enemies of unity and the power of unity. And with that being said, I'm just going to go into prayer really quick, okay? So, Father God, thank you so, so much for standing with us in this time. Thank you for bringing us happiness even when we don't know that it's there, God, for helping us get through every day, for waking us up this morning, and for being such a loving God. And I pray, Lord, that with every protest and that with every bill passed, it is only in the efforts of equality and equity and love and the prosperous of this country, God. And I pray, Lord, that with every person who comes into office, they're really trying to make a difference and not just trying to stay with what they know. Lord, I pray that the people of this generation stand up when they see things that aren't right but that they stand together when they see people that are hurt. And not just people that look like them, Lord. I pray that with unity comes unity of everything. That when you see somebody hurting, that you, God, put it in their hearts to fight back with love and not with anger. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when I was researching unity... um, There was, I think his name was like Aristotle or something that started with an A. And he he had three types of unities in form of a play. Like there's unity of time, which is the first one. And you know, in like a play, timing is really, really important for cues and for lighting and for curtain call and for steps, you know. Um, especially when you're acting, the way that you speak in emotion is important for timing because when you slow things down and you really start to get in depth with what you need to say or when you're speaking really, really fast and you know that somebody's angry or literally anything in between, you can tell someone's emotion by how quickly or how slowly that they speak. And that's really, really important. So, unity of time. We're going to go into Matthew, and it's going to be chapter 18, 20. Just give me one moment to get in there. All right. So, it says here. I tell you the truth. The things that you don't know on earth will be things that God does not allow. The things that you allow on this earth will be things that God allows. Also, I tell you that if two things of you on earth agree about something, then you can pray for it. And if the thing you ask for will be done for you by my Father in heaven, this is true because when two or three people come together in my name, I am there with them. 
I love this verse just because I think it's so powerful. The when two or more are gathered in his name, mountains begin to move. Things become truth and, and they become action. And I know that sometimes people think that prayer really doesn't work. But when we pray proactively and not reactively, because we are proactive people, not a reactive people. When we pray proactively and we say, God, I pray that, you know, you allow for this to happen and for this to happen and for this to happen. Because, God, I know that you have have given me the ability to to hear this message, God, and you've given me this word and you've given me this purpose and you've given me this passion. And I'm just speaking it into existence, Lord. That's proactive, not God. You know, the world is falling apart and and I pray, God, that, you know, they'll be able to heal Um that's after something has happened. But when you're proactively speaking, it's not just, God, the people have fallen apart. It's just, it's, God, I know you're coming. God, I, you have told us that we stand together, that you win, that the enemy is defeated. You know, and, and that's really important is the way that you speak about things and the timing of when you speak about them. Because when you have something on your heart, it's really important for you to go through with it. And we need to come together in God's timing. We we need to be able to listen to him and know that when he's speaking, that is in the best interest of whoever it is that you're praying for, even if you don't like them, because I've had to pray for people that I don't like. And it's in the best interest of yourself because you grow and, and you evolve and you become this beautiful, amazing person in God. And we, we are people who sometimes in the Bible, like Esther or Moses or David, who used God's timing to unite other people. We are those people. And and I know that they seem like so far away, or maybe some of us don't even think that, that they're real, that they're just stories, but they are real. And we need to trust in God's word because he didn't just put it there for us to realize things. He put it there because he says, I have perfect timing. And I think this is so important for us to realize because God has perfect timing, not liked timing. So it's not about whether or not we like it because God, for God, it's been like 10 years. And for me, it's been like three minutes. And he's like, well, I mean, I told you I was going to give it to you, but you, you got to you got to give him time. And and he's like, listen, I know exactly what you need and when you need it. But you need to be able to have unity, not just with me, but with other people. And if you're not willing to get along with that person because they said something, then the timing's never going to be right. Because the timing is when you decide to listen to me and not to listen to you. Because when you listen to you, things kind of just go awry. They, they, they mess up. You know, unity with people is just as important with unity, as important as unity with God. We need to set a time, set aside time to build our relationships with people 
and tell them you think of them or tell them that you want to speak to them. Set aside time for them. Set aside time for God. Maybe you guys just need to pray together. And something that I think was really profound uh, that was said by Michael Todd, he said that when we talk about offering, offering isn't just about money. Two hours and 40 minutes of your day are not yours. They're God's. And most people will try to tell you time is money. No, time is an offering to each thing that you give it to. But time for God? After that 200, two hours and 40 minutes, that's offering. But that two hours and 40 minutes of your day is tithe. And you can't take that away from God. God has given you all the time in the world. All the time that you've already experienced. But what are you doing with the time? Are you sitting in bed, just not doing anything like I have been doing? Or are you going out and you're finding out what your purpose is and you're living in it and you're staying laser focused on it and you're going for it? And the next thing is unity of place. Where are you going? In, in acting, unity of place is setting. But the thing is that unity of place isn't just physical. Because a place can be emotional, atmospheric, mental, ener- like energy. It could be your will. And I think that this is really amazing because we tend to think of a place being, you know, your room or the place that you work or your country. But it's really what you're, what you're living in carries around with you. That atmosphere that makes you feel so heavy or maybe that makes you feel so light. That's the place that you're in. What is your mental state like? Are you praying about it? Do you know that God wants peace for you? Are you holding on to that? Some things I want you to think about is like, what do you think is the most important about the place that God has set you? I know that when we were doing this Bible study, someone said that the place that she's in is meant to prepare her for the purpose that she has like she's and and when she told me that i could just imagine her on a battlefield as a warrior just going at it and going at it and going at it and winning and winning and winning with god by her side but no warrior can go into war without being trained so are you being trained Or are you working in the purpose that God has put you in? Are you in the war? Or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Are you waiting? What place do you think that you're in? And how do you think that unity plays into it? Because in every single thing that God is going to have for you, there is definitely going to be unity in it whether that be you building a relationship with somebody that you didn't think that you needed to or whether that be coming into agreement with your pastor about something that you need like for me right now i need about seven thousand dollars for school and i'm not exactly sure how i'm gonna get it but yesterday when i went to church 
I was in agreement with somebody that at the beginning, when I first went there, I did not like at all. I just didn't. And then over time, she and I became unified in one mind because I allowed God to change in my heart what I thought I didn't like, but was just really me trying to put somebody at arm's length who was so full of love and I didn't know what that felt like. Where are you positioned? Because in a setting, for an actor, the way he's positioned has a lot to do with how people view things. If you're on the top of a mountain with a beautiful scenery and you're with somebody and you're facing that person, you automatically think that those two people are romantically involved because the setting says that they're romantically involved and the way that they're positioned towards each other, maybe the way that their eyes are looking at each other, their body language, all of that positioning makes it look like they're romantically involved. But if they were somewhere dark or not around other people or, you know, with weapons in their hands and wearing all black or in a costume like they were a vigilante or something, then you would think that they were enemies, that they were fighting against each other if they were facing each other. The way that their brows are furrowed, their eyes are are squinted trying to, you know, keep laser focus on what their next move is going to be. Maybe there's a bunch of things around them that they can use to their advantage of, you know, getting that person on the ground and keeping them there. It's where things are positioned that is important as well. So where are you positioned? What has God spoken into your heart? And the thing is that your mindset is so important when creating unity. The way that you think is important. And that's actually the next thing that I'm going to talk about. Is the power of your mind. Because when you think that something's going to be a certain way, that's exactly how it's going to be. If you think that something's not going to work out, it's never going to work out. And you're not going to want to try and make it work out. But if you think that God is with you and that you can do anything and that this is in your heart and you're going to go through with it, there is nothing that can stop you because you're never going to try and and find, you're never going to fail at it. You're going to keep trying until it comes to what you need to do and it ends up being what you wanted it to be, whether that means that you try a different angle because the first one didn't work. And then the last thing is unity of action. So I don't know if any of you watch like dancers, but I really like watching ballet dancers, like especially partner dances, because I could just see the movement of the trust and the chemistry and and the beauty and the elegance of it all just working together. But I remember once that I was just I was watching this ballet dancer with her partner and she went in for a jump and he 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 caught her but it just it looked like she and he winced at the same time and i was just like oh um they don't look like they're enjoying this and it doesn't matter how good the choreography is if the chemistry and the trust is off because the choreography is just going to look like crap it's going to look undone it's going to look sloppy and in every jump she just 
she didn't do what she was capable of because she didn't think she was going to make it. And that goes back to your mindset. And another example would be like ants. So ants build super intricate tunnels and they tear apart beings or food that they find laying around little by little and they just go back and forth and go back and forth and go back and forth for their queen for their colony because they know that by doing this they're creating a home for each other they're creating sustenance for each other they're working for something that's bigger than themselves And I think that that's really important to note is that we are all working for something that's bigger than ourselves. And all the time, we just want to keep thinking, no, this person hurt me. No, this person did that to me. No, I'm not going back to it. And you don't have to go back to the person who hurt you repeatedly. But to close off your heart to any other person who may actually love you or to close off your heart to something that God is trying to push you towards because it'll be good for you and it'll be good for that person. It's just not going to help anybody. It's not going to help yourself. And I know that it may seem like you're trying to protect yourself and that it's the way that you, you move forward in the world without being hurt. But something I'm going to mention in, in the third recording of the podcast is that You keep holding on to a paper mache shield. It's not a real one. And you're going to continue to be hurt, but not by anybody else, by yourself. Because it'll create loneliness. It'll create hatred for other people. But other people can be great. (laughs) Other people can be amazing. They can help you and build you. And people get hurt. And when people get hurt, they hurt other people. And so it's important to just realize that sometimes you're going to get hurt. But when you're prepared for whatever comes next and you know that God is next to you, you know that you can do anything. You're superhuman, basically. So uh, I'm going to go into Ephesians 4.16. And this will just take a second for me to get in there. I really hope that you guys are are grasping everything that I'm saying. And that you're going to put it into work. Because this is some serious, like, internal growth that could happen. So Ephesians 4.16 says, The whole like Christ, who is the head. The whole body depends on Christ, and all the parts of the body are joined and held together. Each part of the body does its own work, and this makes the whole body grow and be strong with love. I think that we need to work for each other, because... 
your body, it, it needs every other organ in order to function. If your liver starts to fail, you see that on the outside of you. You get weary. We need to work with each other, not against each other. We need to work for each other. I mean, I know I just said with each other, but let's be honest. When we work with somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that we like them. It just kind of means that we tolerate them. Like, we know that person in a group project at work or at school that we just cannot stand because they don't do any of the work. And you're just like, I'm not going to do any of the work for you, but then you end up doing it anyways because you know that your grade depends on it. And that just means that you tolerate the other person. When you work with somebody, it's because you, I mean, for somebody, it means that you love them. When you work for a purpose you love that purpose and the devil will make all these excuses about how different we are from one another but we all function the exact same way we are a functional dysfunctional family and right now in a time where the devil is like oh yeah he's white and and he's black so they must hate each other or in any type of circumstance where he's Muslim and he's Christian. But why should those things divide us? Race is a man-made concept. Ethnicity is real. Race is a man-made concept. We need to throw it out the door. Because in the Bible it says there is no Jew, no Gentile, no man, no woman. We are all just the body of Christ. We need to see each other as people and not just as the things that make us up. We aren't just defined by these things that put us in small little boxes and categorize us and put us in a little square container to keep us there forever. We're more than that. We are complex, beautiful human beings. And in business, I mean, because that's, that's where I am. I'm working in business. Like, there's a thing that is really important to grasp because if you don't, then it just make you look like a giant butthole, basically. <laughs> and it's that time when you go and network with somebody, you don't say, Hey, I know that you're doing this. Could you help me? You start off the conversation with, what can I do for you? Because you know that that person has something that you need. And when you ask somebody else what you can do for them, they're more likely to help you. They're more likely to, to go through with doing things with you and for you and for your business because they believe in it. Because you first believed in them. And that just makes people want to get into business with you. So 
there was actually this one girl who went to this thing called Opportunity Collaboration. It was in New Mexico this year, and I really wanted to go, but I didn't get my slip in in time, and it was telling me that I needed to pay for something, but they said it was free. By the time that I asked questions about it, it was too late. And she said that when she went, they had this little circle thing where everyone was sitting around the table, and they would ask for their needs. And... It got to this one guy who said, I need, I think it was like $5,000 for his venture. And another person was so moved by his story of why he needed the $5,000 that he gave him a thousand. And then when the table came back to the guy who gave him a thousand, that person actually needed $10,000. And to a regular person, that may have been like, that was a stupid business move. You need $10,000 and you just gave this guy $1,000. Like, what sense does that make? But everybody around the table that had seen his generosity, even when he didn't have, when he was in need, gave him the amount that he needed because they saw a person who wasn't trying to, to take but they saw a person who was just trying to give, who had a heart of giving, who had a heart of saying, what do you need? And even if he needed in that moment, he knew that he was going to get what he needed, but he just wanted to make sure that the other person got what they needed as well. He was the first one to step up. It's kind of like an I scratch your back, you scratch mine type of thing. Next off, we're going to go into Romans 13, 11. And it says here, I say this because we live in an important time. Yes, it is now time for you to wake up from your sleep. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. That's crazy. Sometimes I get really, really paranoid because the Bible predicts things that are happening now that we we didn't even realize were going to happen. But guys, we are closer to God now than we think. We are closer to our salvation. We are so close to him and his return. But to be honest, if our only goal is to get to heaven and, and not to be here united with his people to connect and to build his church then how is he going to trust you with anything more in heaven i mean god coined the term actions speak louder than words he sent his son to die for love he was intentional about every single decision that he's made And he showed us that intentionality is what creates unity. The day that God became a man of action and intention through his son, he demonstrated what it took to create unity. Love is lying down of the self. It's loss of of pride, of selfishness. It's thinking of the whole. I'm going to quote Joker really quick. Uh, When he was talking to Harley Quinn, he said, will you die for me? And she said, yes. 
And then he said, nope, that's too easy. Will you live for me? Because dying is easy. Living is the hard part. But Jesus, he did both. He died for us and he lived for us. And then after he died, he rose up again and continued to take our sins. To this day, he still feels the pain of every sin going through him. And he does it for us. He does it for love. He does it to show us that we need to unite together as he has united with us. But there are things that keep us from being united. For instance, a poor conversation. If you're not talking to the person who has hurt you, then you're not fixing any of the problems. You're just running away from them. There's a way to have a good conversation. You start with compassion and and, and concern. And then you go into actively listening. Not just hearing the person, but listening. Really taking in what it is that they're saying. Be repetitive. Make sure that you're going to them more than a couple of times. Just make sure that, that you really get to understand that person and you're saying, hey, I'm here for you. I know we didn't have the best relationship, but I'm here for you. And I'm going to keep being here for you, even when you don't want me to. And then you have to be empathetic. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. And really think about what it could be like to, to be in that situation. And all of these things, compassion, actively listening, repeating your actions, and empathizing, all spell out CARE as an acronym. And I got this from the pastor of Vu Church in, in one of his, um, his team leadership meetings. So the question is, do you care? And who do you need to talk to? Be intentional about this conversation. What do you want out of it? What's the solution? And the second thing is gossip. Ephesians 4.29 and Proverbs 16.28 both talk about gossip and how deadly those things are to a relationship, to a friendship. Gossip will tear apart friendships. Instead of talking about people, talk to people. That's how rumors form and how relationships crumble. I remember watching America's Next Top Model with my sister and one of the things that happened was a girl in the house wrote down a list of five rules and one of them was talk to me don't talk about me and i think that's it's kind of really important and that's different from going to someone and figuring out what a problem is like you can go to your friends and say hey like this is what's happening between me and this person and i don't really know what's going on i don't know how to fix it like they're being really this to me or really that to me or I feel this way towards them and I don't know how to deal with it do you have any advice that's different from going oh my gosh you're not going to hear what I heard about this person that's gossip when you have no intention of fixing the situation and you just want to talk about somebody else 
And what, what could you say that could be better said to the person? I know that sometimes I allow things to slip out of my mouth that aren't even mine to share. And then I try to catch myself and be like, okay, well, that wasn't really necessarily something that I should have said. The third one is unresolved issues. I'm going to take you guys to Ephesians 2.14. I'm just going to read this directly. Just one second. Okay, Ephesians 2.14 says, because, the Christ, because of Christ, we now have peace. Christ made both Jews and non-Jews one people. They were separated as if there were a wall between them, but Christ broke down that wall of hate by giving his own body. Like, dang. We're letting the part get to us. We're letting the, the wall that was built get to us. We don't want to be that girl, sorry, girl or guy that, that puts a wall between you and somebody who could have had a great relationship. Christ died and broke his body to tear down that wall. We can't keep living our lives in a wall. Because that wall that we live behind is the same thing that we're trapped by. The thing that we're hiding behind is the same thing that's keeping us from moving forward. We can't go around this wall. We have to go through it. And the only way to go through it is to tear it down. Unresolved issues leads to anger, which leads to hostility, which leads to entitlement, which leads to pride. And that is one of the seven deadly sins. Because we think that we are entitled to a certain amount of anger. But something that I heard that I keep repeating to myself is offense is an action, but offended is a choice. You have the choice to let it go. And not be offended by what that other person is saying. But the fact that we hold on to it. And that we're like, no, I have a right to be angry about this. And this is um, valid. And, and sometimes your anger is valid. But that righteous anger is what's valid. But if you're angry about something and you hold on to it for a really long time. Because you think it's still valid after three years. Let it go. It's not worth it. You're just holding yourself down. When that person comes into the room, does the atmosphere change? Do you feel angry when you think about the situation or when you think about their name? How long has it been? It's definitely something to let go of by now. What is holding you back? What is keeping you from enduring and 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 going through with your purpose? And then the last one is a lack of shared purpose and a shared incompetence. <laughs> if you don't have a shared purpose with somebody, why are you still friends with them? I'm sorry, but I've had to 
keep myself away from certain people because I know that they don't believe in God and my purpose is to show people love and to teach them how to love the way that God loves. But that requires me to teach them about God. And if these people don't believe in God, they're not going to support what my purpose is. And if we don't have a shared purpose, then we aren't united. And if you think that you're supposed to be united with that person, then God will make a way for you to be united. And one thing that, uh, I think it was on TikTok, this girl went to clean her face and she'd watch this dermatologist speak about rubbing oil on your face. Not like cooking oil, but like, I think it was like a specific type of oil, like a, a natural oil, um, that when rubbing oil on your face for 20 minutes or more, I think, it could attract the other oils that are stuck in your face and then take them out. So what do you attract? Because the way that the people around you speak is eventually how you're going to speak. And the way that they act is eventually how you're going to act. Is this the way that you want to act? Is this the way that you want to speak? Is this the company that God wants you to be around? Is it taking you away from God? Or is it pushing you towards God? And it's not to say that we can't be friends with people who don't believe in God. Because I'm friends with people that don't believe in God. I love people regardless of whether or not you believe in God. But if you are consistently putting down my faith, then we can't be in unity. You have to respect. And if you aren't even willing to listen or have a conversation about it or are consistently talking about how much you hate it, then no, we can't be in unity because you're going to be stuck in that place. And I can continue to pray for you And if we have classes together or if you have anything you want to talk about, then sure, I will definitely have a conversation with you. I will help you with whatever you need to help with. I will work with you on a project if that's what it takes. But I'm not going to continue to share my life with you intentionally unless that's what God wants me to do. And then the last part about today is the power of unity. The power of of unity. I mean, think of all that we've accomplished so far with the protests. I mean, what do you think the power of unity is? In the Tower of Babel, a story in the Bible, it was a bunch of people who were building a tower so tall that it could reach heaven without God. And God said, I need to scramble their language because They're actually going to reach me without going through me. And that's not what I intended. And then he said that there is nothing that will be withheld from them when they stand united. Could you imagine God scrambled language because when those people got united, they did something so profound as to reach heaven without God. 
personally, I wouldn't want to reach heaven without God because that's like going into somebody's house without their permission. But they stood united for as long as they did that God had to scramble their language so that they wouldn't reach heaven without him. That is so important. Our Bible is a literal history book of all the things that we need to learn in order to not repeat or that we need to learn in order to become better people. It teaches us what to do and what not to do. It is the one history book that basically has it all. It may not have the Holocaust, but there's plenty of other genocides in it. I mean, everything from famine to plagues to to kings and queens and, and even love stories. There are so many love stories. And the Bible has it all. And it teaches us our history. It teaches us our futures. It gives us a fighting chance to become one together. And so that's all that I have for you guys today. And so I'm going to pray out. God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak your word. For giving me the chance to feel what you feel and to love how you love. God, I pray that there is nothing more that I can do for you than to move forward with whatever vision you have in unity, in peace, in love, in everything. And I pray that anybody listening here today may have gotten one, two, three things or more from this, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.